0: Listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Good morning, Real Life! Happy Memorial Weekend to you all. I hope you have great plans for tomorrow to uh, do something fun and safe. I have missed you. My name is Josh Gray. I am the lead pastor here at Real Life, and uh, also I'm super grateful for uh, JT uh, and Marty. And Emmy and Darby for sharing some time here in the pulpit. You know, part of uh, what we even discussed last week about uh, the Great Commission is to go and make disciples. You know, in our church, we try and make disciples uh, at every facet, whether it's the guys behind the cameras uh, today that are learning here or whether it's people that are uh, using their gifting of preaching and and teaching um, from our home groups to all those things. So we try and live it out uh, amongst ourselves on the staff and encourage you to live it out as you go and make disciples. So I'm very grateful for all of them uh, sharing the pulpit uh, this last couple of weeks here, and I'm grateful to be back with you guys and excited for what God has for us today. Uh, today, we're going to dive into a little bit of, of the book of Acts, and this is just going to be a, a tiny little uh, skip across the, the plane of Acts. Um, there's so much great stuff in uh, the book of Acts. And so just a little history on the book of Acts. It's written by Luke, And it's his second work. He even references that. We'll read that about his other book, which was the Gospel of Luke. And, uh, some interesting things as I, as I journeyed through this this week is, is really that the book of Acts, uh, you know, you can read it in a day or two days and it covers like 30 plus years of ministry. And so uh there's a lot going on in there but as we follow uh the church calendar and, and next week we're going to be privileged to have Greg uh sharing with us about uh, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit so I won't uh, try not to step too much on uh on that this week um but but what a great uh, thing as we are coming out of a time where uh with the COVID and as things are starting to to loosen up a little bit more, uh, we're coming out of this time of, of what do we do? What does this look like? What have we been doing? And even as a church, we're looking at like what uh, apples uh, do we put back in the cart as a church organizationally? And you're doing that within your own home. If we were, as we're referencing JT's uh, sermon. So, uh, so the book of Acts is second. It's the second book that uh, Luke is writing. And, um, Let's just dive right in. So I'm going to be in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 1, and let's just dive right in here. So it's, uh, Luke says, In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering he presented himself to them and gave convincing proofs that he was alive. They needed to know, they needed to see and feel and touch the holes in his hands. and Like, he's alive, is this real? And he ate with them and did those things, so for sure. And he appeared to them uh over a period of 40 days. And he spoke about the kingdom of God. And I find that interesting uh, as I've read through the book of Acts and, and looking about the references to the kingdom of God and and we'll we'll talk more about that in a series coming up this summer but the kingdom of god remember that and on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about for john baptized with water but in a few days you will in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. Think about that phrase, you will. He is sharing a, a something that's going to be happening in the apostles' lives and something that can be happening in our lives if we choose to accept that. And so they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Are we going to win the fight, Lord? Are we going to be strong and, and, and take care of this? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. And so as I was sitting on this piece of the text this week, uh, looking at different resources, which you'll have in uh, the additional content that we'll have on the bottom of your sermon notes, um, but looking at different resources, some of these words just kind of froze and just stuck on me. And I was thinking about these words that were that were like, why do those stand out to me? And Why does the kingdom of God stand out to me? And, and so to go into a little bit, um, and I'll give you a little preview for this summer. It's going to be fun. Uh, This summer, uh, we're going to be uh, camping in the parables of Jesus Christ. And so when you think about the parables, uh, out of the 38 recorded parables, 20 of them directly reference the kingdom of heaven is like or the kingdom of God is like. And so we're going to be talking a lot this summer about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, which would be kind of synonymous in, in their mind. And so what is this kingdom of God? Why is that the thing that Jesus, after he had spent that time with the disciples over that period of time and he comes back and he's got forty uh he spends forty days, and what did he spend the forty days talking to them about the kingdom of God, and so what is that and and for some of us uh we talk about bringing heaven crashing into earth, and you've heard that phrase if you've been around uh, our church very often is is the kingdom of heaven is crashing to earth and and so so what is this kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. And all of these phrases that we'll talk about more this summer. But, but one of the things that I took away when I was learning here and learning underneath some of the different teachers here is the action is here. The idea that someday, some glad morning when life is or, I don't know what that means, I'm not in growth, but and someday we'll get to where the action is in heaven. Now, the action is here. This is where, where Jesus is, is bringing heaven crashing into earth, and we get to partner in doing that. And so when you think about the kingdom of God, like, what is it? Where is it? We're going to dive more and more into that this summer when we go camping in the parables. Uh, the other interesting thing that I that I noticed as I was reading through the book of Acts and preparing for our message today. So the very beginning thing that that, that uh, Luke is, is sharing about is this 40 days that Jesus spent talking about the kingdom of God. And then you go to the very end, the very last verse of Acts, Acts chapter 28, verse 31. It says, for uh, two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Yep, he's there and this is after all of these journeys that he'd had and he says he says he proclaimed the kingdom of god and he taught about the lord jesus christ with boldness and without hindrance so the 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 book or the the book of acts is book ended with the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God. And so I'm so excited as we continue to dive into more of that, as we're camping in the parables this summer, we will definitely uh, be heading about uh, running into the kingdom of God. And what does that mean? What does that look like? What was Jesus talking about? The next thing that kind of struck me and I paused on it a couple times was the you will portion of this. And it says, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And isn't that an appropriate, uh, uh, if you go back to our Holy Spirit sermon series, which is online, isn't that appropriate that the, the temple is being taken out of this location or this place or this church, right? And it's being put into you. You will actually receive the Holy Spirit. You won't have to go somewhere to go meet God. He is here right now. He is here within you, with the Holy Spirit is within you, your your wise the advocate that he sent here for you. And so that's one of the most powerful things that's happened during this time, in my opinion, for the Big C, capital C Church, is we realize and understand that while I miss not seeing you all here, and while I look forward to the day when we can do that, and while I look forward to when we can hug and talk and not wear masks and all of those things. Like I look forward to that. This is not where the action is. The action is within you. When somebody asks you, you know, Hey, where do you go to church? you can tell them about a physical location, but you are the church and what you do every day shows who, who your God is. And so when he says you will receive the Holy Spirit, you know, that's almost like that. We're all become these many temples of God where that we're walking around that, that God has come within us. And so I see that within our church doing a great job at this time, knowing that our groups are doing well, our home groups are doing well, but you're doing well as you're wrestling with the text, as you're engaging and understanding that God is within you. You choose to let him be within you. So um, I love that. And then he also said, you will be my witnesses. And this is an interesting word. Uh, and doing a little word study on, uh, this particular word in the Greek, uh, which is, uh, martis. And so when you think about the, the, the word witness, um, it seems a very churchy word to me on occasion. Uh, somebody's, like, hey, can you, have you witnessed to somebody? I didn't know what that meant when I was <laughs> not a believer and didn't, you know, what do you mean by witness? Uh, so being active and being part of those things, but witness, we think about a witness stand, like, you know, get this witness on the stand, and we're going to, what did you see, and where were you, and you're just an observer. Or I even heard a good analogy from our good friend Brad Gray in one of his sermons, uh, talked about this giant um, mural of uh, LeBron James, when LeBron James played for the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers, and uh, it was as big as a building, and, uh, and it said, you are a witness, and what those things are inferring is that you are seeing and observing something, something great. You are, what did you see the night of whatever it was? If you're being asked on a witness stand, uh, so what did you observe? Uh, and with LeBron James, what are you, you're observing his greatness. He's amazing and he is an amazing basketball player, right? And we have got the privilege to observe those things, but that's not what Jesus is talking about here. When he uses the, 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 the word, uh, witness, this is not about, uh, a, a passive observation or something that we observed. It is when Jesus, the way he's using this, this is about being active. This is a active participation. And that's what I love about the book of Acts. And I think about Acts like being an actor, but it's like, it, this is a, this is a verb, you know, action. We are called to be a church of action. Wherever you are, you as an individual are called to be an activator in the community to bring the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth. And it's difficult sometimes, but it's also a privilege. It's a privilege and an honor to be counted among God's children. And so as we continue to be a little bit more free in our movements, a little bit more free as things hopefully continue to, to, to loosen up with restrictions. Remember uh, that our action is representing our Lord. And I love this phrase. I've used it before, but like that is why we have to make sure how we act and how we interact with other people and how we interact with our community doesn't give God a black eye because a lot of times when you say you're a Christian, you're representing our Lord in heaven. So this is an action word witness. You know, I am uh, committed to, to, to actively, like for me, I'm, I'm committed to actively personally modeling this out in our church. So not just talking about it from, from, from in front of a camera, not just saying that you should do it, but like you should actively see your pastor Witnessing being part of the kingdom, not because we're you're, somebody's paid to do it, because they're compelled to do it, and I'm compelled to do it, regardless of whether I get paid, because I get the privilege of being a witness. And what are we witnessing to? He re- referenced Judea, he referenced Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And guess where Moscow, Idaho is? We're at the ends of the earth, <laughs> right? We're, we're, we're at the ends of the earth, right? But this area To be an active participant in bringing the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth right where we are is what we're about. And we are unleashing that more and more. We are equipping. My job is to make sure that we continue to equip the saints, which is what you and I are. To continue to equip us to reach the world for Jesus, one person at a time. And so I love that about That word, when you talk about witness, it's not about observing. Not here. Jesus doesn't want a bunch of observers. We even talk about it in our terminology and books that we've read and things we talk about. The church is a team sport. It's not about being in the stands watching somebody doing some ministry. You are called to be in ministry. And many of us may not feel qualified. We may not feel that, that we've got it all figured out. And that's exactly, that is exactly Who god likes to use people like you and people like me he needs those that are willing not those that are perfect not those that have to be correct or right but those that are willing and i just ask you are you willing and i know you guys are so many of you guys are doing so many good things you're giving god a great name and then as i continue to 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 read more in the text and again this is 28 chapters but we're not going to be able to hit anything. First of all uh, there's the Peter sermon which is um uh you guys are horrible and you killed Jesus repent and he says that over and over and over again like uh, that that that's his great message is uh, you killed him and it's your fault and you should repent. And so we have all that, but in Acts 2.42, as we're starting to come out of this, this time uh, where we are, we are going to be more free to, to connect with each other, let's take a look at that. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. So let me ask you about your apple cart. How is this working out? What have you been devoted to during this time of quarantine? What do you think is gonna produce good fruit that you could be devoted to in the future? What apples are you gonna put back into your apple cart that that are gonna live forever? They're gonna live forever in your kids, and your grandkids, and their grandkids, and it's gonna be legacy. And so, being devoted to the apostles' teachings, well, what did we just hear last week? The Great Commission. (coughs) <coughs> the Great Commission. When I think about the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you till the end of the ages. All right? Baptize them. So, wh- wh- what, are, what are we doing here? What is he asking to do? The same thing. Follow what the apostles are doing. What are they teaching? Well, they're teaching what Jesus taught them. To fellowship, to actually do life together. To, to value a human being or a person higher than we value our own personal comfort or our own personal TV shows or my own personal, uh, uh, wealth or any of those things. To value people. Everyone, uh, and, and we talk about prayer too and, and eating. I like to eat. I found the COVID 10. I don't know if Gus can get this shot here, but it's pretty handsome. And I love my excuses. I have some pretty great excuses. So my gym shut down. That's why I gained the weight. When I lost a bunch of weight, you know what I didn't have? A gym. (laughs) So for some reason, I have decided that I like to eat and not run. And I like to eat and not work out. And so it's just a, it's, it's funny how my mind is playing tricks. Well, as soon as this is over and I can get back to the gym, then I'll stop doing those things. That's an apple that fell out of the cart that I need to get back onto the cart. I actually should be eating some more apples, I think, instead of some other things. But, uh, your mind, you know, what what is your mind allowing to come back into your life? What justifications are you using? And the I love this saying: the the skin of reason is stuffed with a lie. The skin of reason, that's what an excuse is. It's the skin of reason stuffed with a lie. And that was my excuse. So, well, the gym's closed. Uh, that's the lie. Stuffed with a lie. So uh prayer and breaking bread, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Their eyes were up. They saw people that had needs, right? They saw people that had needs. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts because of the time of year it was, right? And so, well, that's why we got to meet at the church every day. No, the church every day is where you are. It's where your two feet are. It's where your home group is. It's where you're getting together and doing life with people. And so they broke bread in their homes. Oh, good idea. I like that part again. And ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Why did they have glad and sincere hearts? Was it because they valued relationship? Was it because that they took care of the needs that were all around them? Do you know how good that feels to take care of the needs of others? God has built something into us. How many people are gift givers? You love to give gifts. You love to take care of people's needs. How many people have helped someone where they, there was no, the best kind of help is where no one can repay you. There's no way they can repay you. It's just because you did it because God told you to do it. And that is bringing the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth. Uh, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And they add the, the Lord, the Lord added to their number daily. And the Lord will add to the number of people bringing in the kingdom of heaven, crashing into earth as we partner with them. So a couple of points to ponder as we exit here. Uh, number one, uh, the kingdom of God. Talked about at the beginning of the book of Acts, talked about the end, at the end of the book of Acts, the kingdom of God. The action is here and now. We're not trying to survive COVID. We're not trying to just get out of this and hopefully things will get back to normal. Normal wasn't that good. We can have a new normal, a better normal, and Christians are going to thrive in this because we're going to see other people. Whenever there's a crisis and there's opportunity to take care of needs, we should be the first to arrive, not the government. We should be the first to arrive. And I'm really proud of our church for doing that. So the kingdom of God, the action is here. You will, Jesus says that you will receive the Holy Spirit. You will have a wise counselor. You get to choose. We do not have to do this life alone. Our church is not even designed or built for you to do it do it by yourself. Uh, attending on a Sunday, this is great. This is awesome. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, but that's not what we're here for. There's some great messages. I heard a bunch of great messages online. We're here to encourage and equip people to be in community and relationship with each other. Because God said that we needed each other. It is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for it just to be you and Jesus out in the woods. That's not how he designed us. He designed us to work together, to be connected together. And so, yes, you will, and you are not alone. He's called you. And last part of it is, can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? That's what Jesus is asking of you and me. Can you get a witness? And what does he want? What kind of witness does he want? He wants a witness who is an active participant, not an occasional observer. And so I cannot encourage you enough. The best thing that you can do for your kids as you either are, are in this church or seeing other churches is be active in your church. Your kids can see and watch an active faith, not, in a, not a faith of an attender, but a faith of somebody who is actively involved in bringing the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth. And so he's looking for hundreds of witnesses the kind of witnesses that he needs. And that's an invitation to you and I. And so he did this for us. He he talks about this and he wants us to remember this. He wants us to remember it at the very basic of who we are. So we're going to take this time uh, together to share communion. And what an exciting time it is. This, all these things that we've been building up to from Easter uh, and and following through the rest of this uh, liturgical calendar, what's happening all the way to, to Pentecost. Like here we are again, back at the table. Do you want to partner with him? Do you want to partner with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And when we do that, we do that. This is a remembrance. This is how we remember it. That's right, I am partnering with him. And so join me in partnering with Jesus. Join me in equipping the saints to go and do the work that he has for us to bring the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth. So Jesus, uh, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember him calling us to be witnesses. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. This cup is the new covenant. And my blood, do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again and he's coming again I hope that we're caught serving and loving let's do this in remembrance of him Lord I just thank you for this time I thank you for what you're continuing to do within the kingdom thanks for letting us participate in this from all over the world there's people that are watching from all over and welcome and we're so excited but thank you Lord for your beautiful word. Thank you for your encouragement from words from other people. I just ask, Father God, that you would just continue to prepare our hearts to evaluate the things that that we are putting value on and let those be what you would have our hearts to chase. And that's chasing you, Lord. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great Memorial Day. God bless.